GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grim, and with me remotely, my co-host, as always, the Butterboy. Listen, last week we had a huge update in the world of Butter as I purchased a desk, and I want to say that my ascent into being a functional adult continues to climb. I'm sitting in a chair this week. I'm not standing at the desk. I got a chair, all right? It was out of the trash in my neighborhood. It's leather. (laughs) It's pretty run down. But I had to stand last week because I owned no chair. Today, I own a chair. Zero dollars spent. I continue to rise. My stock has never been higher. Get ready to buy it. It only took him one week from being better than us because he could stand well recording the podcast, and he's already back on his butt on a garbage chair. Good to know. this seat might be the only thing saving my life. I am under the weather. We can make uh-huh, assumptions about uh-huh. that because we don't know facts about me being under the weather yet. Right. But I, I thought being seated was right in this trash chair that could be saving my life right now by reserving my energy. <laughs> Thank you, right. garbage chair. Well, garbage chair, thanks for taking care of our good friend. But uh, we've been back here doing the show for several weeks. Uh, you know, we, I mean, you know, actually, now what? a couple months almost, but we're about to do something that we haven't done since before our break. And that is have our first guest host on the show. Not only is it a guest host, but it's his first time ever on the podcast. Mind you, he may have missed listened to more of these podcasts than I have. So, I mean, this is this is a super fan, superstar. Let's welcome the Super Lars. Look, guys, I feel like that I was talking about chairs on purpose because if anyone knows me, oh, you're they right. know <laughs> I have been standing for a year and a half now. <laughs> I didn't think Ooh, about I, how that was a perfect I, play for you. So you've been standing? You're a standing I've been, guy. I've been looking for a chair for a long, long time. It, this, I was, this is, I was worried. I was worried because I mean, I don't personally know a lot about you. I was worried you're gonna be like, I'm a crippled person. I'm like, oh damn, I feel the worst right <laughs> now. On. I thought that was, I thought that was a setup. No, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm so jealous of this trash chair. <laughs> He's. I was sweating. I was sweating so bad, man. On when I'm streaming, Butterboy, and and I have my my like multi camera view on. He always sees that extra chair that's just sitting there, full of like my hats and stuff. He's like, yeah. man, remember when you were gonna send me that chair and you never did? <laughs> he just he just eggs me on like every chance he gets. Yeah. Him and that poor chair. It all started when an old friend of ours, uh, was doing like a chair giveaway, and and mind you, Super Lars like wins every giveaway ever except for the chair giveaway so he just hasn't ever gotten over it oh you know a solid two years it's actually interesting now that you say that super large because 
the trash that I got this chair out of was out in front of Grimm's house. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that I had my chair. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode 362 of the Gamezilla podcast brought to you by our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters. Patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media. Uh, maybe I'll post sweet pictures of my trash chair there for added bonus so everyone can visualize it. Uh, I'll for sure put it in the in the VIP room in our Gamezilla Media Discord. Again, yeah, there is a VIP room just for patrons. Uh, but you know, we're we're posting fun stuff up there. We did muster bus last week. Uh, we have a behind the DM screen for noobs and dragons. And, uh, you know, we just love for you to can, to uh, start supporting us if you aren't already supporting us. Or, hey, if you are supporting us, thank you for the continued support. It starts at just $1 per month. We add some some bonus stuff there that ha- uh, we give that to you as a, a thank you. And, of course, you give us a dollar or more per month. And that uh, helps us have the ability to post the show, record the show, and exist as a podcast. And creates uh, the wonderful community we have there. So we couldn't have the community. We couldn't have the podcast. We couldn't do it all without our patrons. So thank you so much. Please consider starting your patrons today. Patreon.com slash games of the media. Absolutely. Um, thanks. Thanks again for all the support, everyone. So uh, we do have a pretty cool, big news, huge topic, game changer for the industry. News today. And that is Barbie's Wild Horse Adventure 3 has been announced. Oh, is it going to be, is it going to have in VR? Is it, is it going to have a ray tracing? Ray tracing. Ray traced ponies. Oh yeah. Ray tracing 2.0. It's the first game to support it. Shoot. (laughs) It hasn't even been announced yet, but it has it. (laughs) I am, I am going to sell my car to buy a gaming PC to run that. Yeah. All you got to do is uh, obtain a virtual boy and you can play this game. Um, done, but, done. <laughs> yeah, it's Is being it gonna run on my Google Daydream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or your uh, what was that? What was that stupid little box? Uh, the, uh oh, Virtual Boy. No, no, no. That that Butter Boy always wanted to buy. Oya or Aya or whatever. What's Ooh, it called? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Ooya exclusive. <laughs> you gotta hook your VR headset up to your Ooya. Um, and it's gonna be uh, developed by Activision. Wait, they're they're doing things for the Ouya now? Yeah, yeah, by Activision. They, they, so they're doing really well as a company. This is the news. This is the big news today. Activision's really stepping it up. Hopefully Ouya has that contract locked down because I have some some feelings that Activision <laughs> is gonna be publishing for another <laughs> another box soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. I don't know. But no, the <laughs> all fun aside, the serious news here is Microsoft has announced it will be acquiring Activision for $68.7 billion. That's with a B. $68.7 billion. Uh, this news just broke a couple days ago, and and I think most of us here, and you know, even on streams and everything, it's all we've been talking about because this is just gigantic shift in game ownership you know bottom line if you're if you live under a rock and you're like what does that mean activision is the publisher owner of uh games like i don't know call of duty you might have heard of it world of warcraft possibly heard of it diablo uh candy crush 
you know, among uh, among it's other, game. yeah, among many other games that are uh, that are you know owned. But those those would be the the big the big boys that have been driving a lot of revenue over at Activision. So this is huge news. Uh, you know, the 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 one little thing to put down is that the, this transaction is not complete yet. This is just an announcement. It's happening. It's going to take time. They're starting to kind of put a put a time slot of early 2023 as when this could all come together and be finalized. And that doesn't count, you know, if there's going to be any type of, uh, you know, attempt to block this purchase or anything like that that might happen down the road. Time will tell. But right now, everything seems to be moving forward between these two groups. So we wanted to talk about the purchase, what it means for the gaming industry, uh, what it means for the brand of Xbox, and, you know, um, some maybe some excitement around it some concerns around it but we brought in we brought in uh super lars somebody that uh game collector and also just pays attention to the the overall industry as well so um i thought there were some views there that were unique that could help you know just bring different angles to this show so we're gonna get into it um where butterboy what do you think where would you like to start today on this big news good question so Let's talk about our initial reactions, right? So what was it, Tuesday morning? Monday morning? When, when did this deal go down? It was just a couple days ago. So, I thought it was Tuesday morning, yeah. Yeah, okay. The 18th, so, so yeah, two days ago. So what What was your guys' first thought when all of a sudden you're reading this? Because I'm not going to lie, uh, I saw a tag maybe by our boy Chops of my name in the Discord, and then I was you know trying to work, so I was like, oh, I'll check that in a little bit. And all of a sudden my phone blows up in a group text with a couple buddies and one of them's like, yeah, what about a $70 billion? And I'm like, wait, what are you guys even talking about? Who's buying what for $70 billion? And then all of a sudden I'm putting the pieces together. And then it was like, um, it was like in a movie when there's like one of those montages where there's like moving still images in front of my face that are blending over each other <laughs> and, and math going on. I was like, I don't understand. How is this real? How is this reality? So I, I honestly was, was really shocked and confused because we've heard rumors that Microsoft was interested in buying studios, but it was things like Sega, like a much a company that's much smaller at that this stage of their uh, their existence. We were, you know the Sega rumors have existed for a while. I I didn't see this coming, even with the, you know the various controversies surrounding Activision Blizzard right now. Yeah, super what large. Was your guys first thought? Yeah, super large. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, so I was first informed of this. Literally, Grim the Dino texted me <laughs> in the morning and. So it was like my first thought of the day was, oh, oh boy, this is bad for gaming. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, thinking about it a bit and then more news has been disseminated today. There was some more news about it. Um, I think it's a big win for Microsoft. It's a big win for, for Game Pass. Um, we'll see how it hurts or improves the industry down the line but consolidation is usually not a good thing for consumers right yeah um, we'll see how it goes but looking back now over the past few months with everything going down at activision it, it starts to make a little bit more sense where why they trimmed some of the uh jobs last quarter to try to get their financials in a position where it looks like they're making more money so that they can get a, a better price for sale. 
Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I so obviously when I got the news, it was similar to uh, Butterboy here. When I woke up, my phone had had many notifications. So it was either Discord, it was direct text, it was it was all all over the place. And so I started to forward it out to people just in case they hadn't seen it. And my first thought was I sent it. I instantly just before I even got out of bed, I started forwarding it. And then I go, I know better than this. I haven't even checked if it's real. Because <laughs> at first I'm like, is this real? Like, like, really? This they 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 bought them. So that was my first thought was just I was a little, little disbelief because it, it is such a big purchase. Um, you know, the num the the dollar the dollar number is insane, but and but it's just such a there's so much IP um control here that it just seemed to me like it wouldn't be a per it wouldn't be something that could happen almost, you know. But um but here we are and, and it is real. And so obviously my look on it is I do I do agree with super Lars in the sense of like Less competition is is usually bad for the, for an industry for for consumer side of things, and um, but you know as far as us talking about Game Pass recently and talking about it being the best value in gaming and and everything like from a from an Xbox fan standpoint and and a, and a Microsoft fan standpoint, this is a huge win for them. Like this is this moves them into a similar. You know, you can look at Microsoft now. Uh, and and truly look at them as a as a an equal to Sony, right? And and when you look at some of these numbers, and, and I have a few of them just to just to kind of ramble off here, it, it's it's a little shocking that. Um, but so basically, you have Sony, and and in third place is still technically Xbox uh, when it even after this after this purchase. So, I mean, when you take Activision away from Xbox, you could kind of see the gap that Sony had as far as just uh, uh, developer ownership and, and quality, you know, franchises and all that stuff under, underneath their umbrella. It, there was a huge, you know, deal there. And so it makes sense. Like, we've, we've been watching Microsoft buy these developers up over the years. And, I mean, damn, we thought, we thought Zena, Zenimax or whatever was a big purchase and acquiring Bethesda and, and ID and all them. And that it was a big purchase, but this makes that purchase look like nothing. So yeah. this is a drop in the bucket in comparison. <laughs> and I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to imagine that Microsoft would have bought a company larger than Bethesda because that's, that seemed like a shocking big deal when that happened. And the, the fact that this is so much more monumental because it, think about the fact that BlizzCon, this company has their own convention. Yep. They're such a big and such a pop, or have been such a large and popular company in the world of gaming. If you would have just gone back, let's just call pre-pandemic. If you would have made like, what are the five pillars of the gaming like world? Activision Blizzard is one of them. Yep. And now they're owned by one of the other ones. That's nuts. I don't know if you would have quite put Bethesda as a pillar. They would have been damn close. Uh, but, they, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, and then the sheer amount of money here, um, it, it's been reported that Microsoft's Activision Blizzard deal is worth more than the 15 next most expensive game studio acquisitions combined. 
So, and, and there's a list of these as far as, you know, some of them that we may have forgotten or whatever. But I mean, just to talk about, because we brought up the, the Zenimax and the Bethesda, that was $8 billion. This is 70. Like, it, it's crazy, the difference. But, um, I mean, this is really a huge play for Xbox into what they're, what they're calling the metaverse, right? We keep hearing this, this, this word being used and how everybody's trying to position themselves to build into the metaverse. And this is, this is Microsoft going all in. This is Microsoft saying, realizing that on their entertainment side of their business, Xbox is the future and we need to set ourselves up for success as we go forward. And that's what they're doing here with this gigantic purchase. And in all reality, um, we talked about, you know, Superlars brought it up lightly, but we talked about Activision is, is not in the best place right now um, due to allegations, sexual allegations, and all sorts of, you know, just bad, bad press coming out of that company that's, you know, been pretty much proven to be true and, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot of that being problematic. So if you look at what Activision was worth early last year. It makes a lot of sense why Microsoft threw 70 billion right now because they actually saved a shit ton of money. So, I mean, I, I, the, the exact number from early last year I don't have right in front of me, but it is, it is a large discount that Microsoft was able to achieve by, uh, by buying them right now, even at, I believe it's $95 per share um, which I'm going to have to look while I'll let you guys talk while I look at what that, what that markup is on their purchase, but it's a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of it, I think, um, Butterboy, you kind of brought up the fact about, uh, about just the Call of Duty franchise alone and some of the stats around that. Yeah. I mean, Call of Duty is a, a landmark, uh, it's, it's an annual game that sometimes that's what that's the only game people buy for a year. There's there's players that are they're such hardcore Call of Duty people. They own a gaming system and then they wait annually to buy the new COD. And yeah, who knows? They might dabble in another title here or there. But it is it is legitimately something you could potentially consider a system seller uh, because regardless if you know in the past where people have played at PlayStation or Xbox, they probably just played whatever their friends had it on. But it's the reason some people game. So it's one of the biggest franchise in gaming, and and you could you could snuff your nose at how how it's performed over the last few years. We know I'm not necessarily a Call of Duty guy, but it's it's insane to think about that. You know, we could talk a little bit more what could be the future of Call of Duty, but just the fact that that is now owned by one of the gaming uh, system manufacturers is crazy. Lars, well, what do you think? Put, to put into perspective how Call of Duty has performed in the last couple of years, the top selling game in the United States of America last year was Call of Duty Vanguard. And the second best-selling game is Call of Duty Cold War. So the top two selling games are both Call of Duty, in the USA at least. Um, They sell well in Europe as well. So, and then Grim, the uh, Activision current stock price is a little bit over 80. It's just under $82 per share. So about a $10 markup. Yeah, there you go. And and I believe if we were to go back early 2021, their their markup, their their value was considerably uh increased there. So again, um 
you know, they in the in the grand scheme of it, yeah, here it is right here. It's the largest purchase ever. Microsoft will pay ninety five dollars a share in in cash to add Activision uh, for for popular titles, helping the software giant expand its own offerings for the Xbox console and push it to its fast growing markets for mobile gaming and the metaverse. The deal, which would make Microsoft World's number three gaming company, also fits with. Uh, Chief Executive Officer uh, Satya Nadella, Nadella's strategy of focusing on content, community, and cloud software. So, um, it's it's cra- it's it's insane. But at the same time, uh, I think Activision kind of was. Some of the reports were coming out that uh, CEO Bobby uh, Kotick didn't actually want to complete the, the transaction but had absolutely little to none uh, real, real ability to block it due to the, uh, the, the Activision board, you know, and everything that's going on with, with the allegations around Microsoft, or sorry, not Microsoft, uh, Activision, um, and, and it really just ca- causing, causing it to move forward with this and, and try to save some face. And, and the, now the question is, is, how does Microsoft come in? Because now it kind of becomes their problem to clean up, and and what does that all mean? So, and for any of you that aren't that aren't familiar with what was going on with Activision last July, um, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing sued Activision Blizzard for promoting a culture of constant sexual harassment. Uh, more employees have come forward with more than a- more allegations of sexual misconduct ever since that point. And the company reached an $18 million settlement with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in September of last year. Um, This settlement is being appealed, and reports indicate that nearly 40 Activision Blizzard employees have reportedly exited the company since last July. So, yeah, um, Microsoft hasn't obviously released how they're they plan to approach solving these issues but um and 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 it has been confirmed for the time being that bobby kotick will continue to serve as the ceo of activision blizzard for now um but it looks like he won't remain in that position once uh, it, it the deal is fully closed and after the transition period to microsoft um th- there has been some communication that he will be uh stepping down and, and leaving but um He'll be taking his giant buyout. Yeah, he'll exa- and that's what and that's what it really is, right? He's just gonna he's he's banking. Um, I th- but, I think it's like four hundred million dollars or two hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be insane, insane amount of money. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yep, and that's so, like an unfathomable amount of money to most people. Yeah, like that's almost a half a billion dollars. This guy's just being given to right off into the sunset for being by everything we can uh, observe from the court of public opinion a jerk. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the good news though is that beyond that transition period, it has been it has been confirmed that the uh, former head of gaming of Microsoft, which is now the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, Phil Spencer, will uh, yeah, the, uh, Activision Blizzard will report directly to Spencer. So that you know, we we uh, here here at at the Games Little Podcast, we uh, we love we love Phil Spencer. So to to have him put it, be the new head. Uh, that's 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 the move, you know, for us. Um, I think Activision needs this. They have a lot of franchises that we talk. You know, we've already referenced a, a good amount of them, but um, you know, you you have to write the ship and you have to clean it up. And I, you know, as, as much as we are concerned about this purchase, at the same time, 
the, the leadership change shift here is is definitely an upgrade in my eyes. Um, with that being said, oh, you guys have anything you want to say about about the uh, that with Phil jumping in and and anything else around the uh, the uh, lawsuits and everything going on with Activision? I mean, we it, it, again, we only know from the perception of being a fan and following Xbox as a brand, uh, and also knowing things about Microsoft is it does seem like. Microsoft internally has a very uh, progressive mindset and inclusive mindset, uh, especially, you know, we they talk a lot about the inclusion of adaptive controllers and, you know, making sure people can play their games, but it does also seem like they do have maybe a little bit more uh, progressive stance on the way people are being accepted and treated within the company. And after things go you know allegedly being poor for that at activision we would hope that would be like day one agenda piece number one let's try and trickle down some of this culture into the activision uh blizzard studios yeah yeah god no go ahead go ahead yeah i was gonna say um microsoft certainly has pushed a lot of inclusion if you watch you know the uh from the xbox point of view at least the um shows that they point on put on where they show off new games things like fan fest um very very inclusive um i think that microsoft as a company we'll see how it goes um if you guys remember mixer had some issues and they just decided to turn it off instead of dealing with it so hopefully they are ready to clean house um change the culture and make it a place where people are free to be creative, free to be themselves and can produce some really good games. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um if you look at, you know, my time at at the at the Xbox um headquarters, I got to spend time in their accessibility labs. And and, and I said that in plural and I said and, and this whole section of their of this facility was just built around how to make gaming accessible to everyone it was literally focused around focusing on the one percent 99 percent of people can play a video game a normal way yeah but what about that one percent how can we let them enjoy it just as much like that's something that's a level of investment that you just don't see in a lot of companies and so and they're very public about it too which is smart they they have marketing around commercials showing it off they have document uh documentaries where they're showing you know what what they're you know the things that they're doing and there are and you know pre-covid they were inviting people into their building to sit there and try and um you know share some of the cool stuff they're doing there and how they're working with outside with other companies to to share that tech to share that knowledge it's not something that xbox is trying to hold on to and be you know necessarily greedy with it so um i think that's smart i think it's you know that that type of culture being being added into what we can see here with Activision I think can only lead to positive things over time so I think that's um I think we've covered that pretty well you know these these topics uh we can move into you know what is what is Microsoft actually getting and I think Butterboy you said you have some info already in front of you about this so like what is this 
what is Microsoft? What is Xbox getting out of this deal? Maybe you could still hit the big monsters like we did, but do you have anything else you want to add to that list? Well, I have a pretty good list, looking list of both games that are brands that obviously are in all of our minds when we think Activision Blizzard. But then there's some other stuff that just thinking about it's like, oh, that actually would be really cool if that franchise was reborn or even better were to uh, maybe put some of these classics up on Game Pass. So um, the racing game Blur, a game called Blackthorn. I don't know anything about it. The Bubble Witch Saga. Lars, isn't that one of your favorite games? Absolutely. Day one download. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for thanks for riding that out and just committing to it. Uh, <laughs> you passed your first test here on the podcast. Uh, of course, Call of Duty, uh, something I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about later. Candy Crush is actually a much, much bigger part of this than people may realize. Um, what is maybe a little bit of a, I don't know, it's a little bit of a thorn in the side, maybe a little, a little sand in the eye. Crash Bandicoot, a franchise that was for what, at one time considered a PlayStation mascot, is now part of Microsoft. Uh, of course, Diablo huge franchise on the PC and console as well. Uh, the RIP, the dead franchise DJ hero. That was Grimm's game. No doubt. Don't try to deny it here on the show. <laughs> nope. Not denying it. I owned it one time, uh, played it twice. Uh, the, the game I'm hyped up about geometry wars. I played a lot of geometry wars. Grim, <laughs> Grim, just to be on brand. You want to, you want to guess, uh, what version of geometry wars I played the most of? I'm assuming it was on the Wii. <laughs> no, no, worse, worse. I do own the Wii version. Uh, the original DS is my favorite version of Geometry Wars. I hate you. Uh, You're the uh, guitar... worst. <laughs> guitar Hero could make a comeback again. Uh, Gun, Hearthstone, very popular. I don't think I don't think this buyout's going to affect the the that game too off too much. Um, Heretic, the uh, forgotten franchise, as well as Hexen, which is basically the same game as Heretic. Um, going through a couple. Of, OK, a big one, obviously, Overwatch. <laughs> Microsoft now owns Pitfall. Cool. <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> Police Quest, whatever the hell that is. Uh, rock and Roll Racing. The R.I.P. Pretty sure it's dead. Never to return. Skylanders. Space Quest. Uh, Spyro, the dragon. They don't say that in this list, but I want to clarify. Starcraft, SWAT. Do people still play Starcraft, Grim? You're the you're the computer game guy. I like how you come to me because I'm a. I play Fortnite. Like it's the one game I play. I'm the computer yeah, but guy. You, you, but I play it on computer, so I know everything. Well, I, here's the deal. Yes, people still play Starcraft. Now I don't I know that. Want... I don't know that because I play on PC though. I know that because I don't know why I know that. I guess because you're a PC gamer guy. Uh, the game SWAT, the game The Lost Vikings, uh, and then uh, I'll just do the last two big ones: the Tony Hawk franchise and, of course, the Warcraft franchises. Both obviously regular Warcraft and World of Warcraft. So I thought that was a pretty good list. I obviously did skip over a few that I didn't even know what they were, so I wasn't even going to bother mentioning them. Uh, but I mean, that's a huge list of franchises that. Now our Microsoft holds them, uh, holds their fate in their hands. Yeah, I mean, and, and oh, go ahead. They own all of the crafts now. You got Minecraft, Warcraft, Starcraft. <laughs> That's an excellent point. <laughs> I didn't even think about if that. You, 
if you're running a local craft show, watch out, man. Bill Gates <laughs> might come and shut you down. Balmer's gonna That's come right. in and just flip tables. I don't know. That's I didn't even think about their their oh they're taking over all the crafts. Um I, Microsoft just being the normal monopoly they always are, taking over the crafts. It's true. Uh so some something that uh that came through my mind today. Maybe both of which of these things are dead. One is for sure confirmed dead that I believe uh, Microsoft will now uh, now own. Um, MLG Major League Gaming was owned by Activision. It's I believe it's been dead for the last at least three years because I think it died pre-pandemic. But yeah. if Microsoft want to start up their own professional gaming league, they ha- they already now own something that has a little bit of name recognize recognition within the gaming community. So. That's a possibility. And do they now own the Overwatch League? I would assume so. But is well, the Overwatch League dead? I also assume so. No. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's basically what, you know, these are the big things is that MLG is one thing, but they also own Call of Duty League and they mm-hmm. own uh, Overwatch League and they already yeah. have Halo League. So, I mean, like, you know, you start to, I think it's called Halo Championship Series, but, you know, it's still Halo League. So, like, you have three major uh, platforms now, eSports platforms, that that you all have under one window. So could you, you know, like, that's huge. That's, that's a big deal right there to potentially build a eSports just mega brand there that maybe you can... Uh, use some of the best things that are you know right now halo championship series is like r- revitalized and people are are praising it and and they were calling for certain things to cut to to be used from the halo championship series into the uh call of duty league and now guess what they're all under one umbrella so you know it could happen now so i mean the idea of being able to to really stabilize all three leagues and build out even more um xbox is in a really or microsoft's in a really good spot for that me, it makes a lot of sense to again consolidate those and relaunch MLG with you know those being the the first three like pillars of you know being a competitive shooting league. So I'd I'd honestly like to see that. I think that would be potentially great for those esports to grow because if you're if you take people that are a fan of Halo League and Call of Duty League and Overwatch League, if you brand them together and cross promote, you might actually grow your audience uh, significantly just by drawing interest in in across the, the different games in one league. Yeah, and what could what could Microsoft do with say you think about you think about these these esports organizations that are paying all this money to be in these leagues? Now they're all underneath one umbrella. Could you start to build a infrastructure that just makes more sense? to these organizations that are spending millions and millions of dollars to have these rosters and have these spots like you know now you could create maybe something better uh, infrastructure wise you know for the for this just esports world you know we think about you know you start to think about like professional sports and 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 owners of you know football basketball baseball stuff like that it's like well it kind of, esports is so young but it's so fast growing that i feel like it's going through some major growing pains right now where it's just these teams are trying to get in on this stuff and they're paying these just astronomical amounts of money to get a spot. And then things like Overwatch League suffer and, you know, you, you watch these orgs just disappear because they, you know, they, they can't serve, they can't survive because the league's not surviving and they can't afford to go and buy spots in other places because they spent 40 to $60 million for this one spot over here. And it's just, 
instead of like I, I I was really excited to see this like new wave of young younger ownership in, in this stuff and instead because of the way that things were messy and just and we saw uh people with wealth already like people that own professional sports teams and stuff they were the ones all of a sudden starting to buy these spots up and you still had the few in between of like you know you think of like TSM you think of cloud 9 stuff like that you still had those guys that weren't that but they but even they had to go out and do like investor pushes to to pool money in just so that they could keep going um you know i i would love to see a more controlled organized ecosystem that Microsoft could put out there. And then once again, Microsoft gets to call it their metaverse, their world. Their, you know, this is the professional gaming side of our world. This is the fun, you know, fun, just casual gamer side of our world. It's all within the Xbox metaverse. So I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, if, if, if they were to really focus on promoting a league and if esports was an important part of their strategy moving forward, Promotionally, how smart would it be when I boot up my Xbox to see tiles of MLG news and in game yeah. like quick highlights? Like they could integrate so much of that and grow those brands just by the fact that I'm utilizing your gaming system and you could just spam me a little bit on my dashboard with with professional gaming stuff, you know? So they have a unique opportunity that maybe some other uh, companies haven't had before. It's also a bummer that Mixer, like like we brought up Mixer's failure and everything, but like it's a bummer because right now, like what could you, like you sat there and you bought, you know, you bought Ninja to come over to Mixer and it didn't really pay off for you. And you bought uh, Shroud, right? And, and stuff like that. And you just, you didn't see the growth, right? But now you own, you know, you know Halo's back and hotter than ever. And, and the professional scene is, is, is booming again. Call of Duty, as, as Super Lars put it, is one of the hottest uh games not one of the hottest games year after year recently and the and the league is thriving overwatch sure hit a speed bump but it's not done and you got overwatch 2 around the corner which there is still a lot of excitement about and that has that has a league all of those leagues could be well yeah i guess do we though yeah you're right i think i think we do i think overwatch 2 is definitely a thing uh i agree is it is it going to be good is now the question but um but i think you have three major esports leagues that you literally could have had said all coverage exclusively on Mixer. I don't know. You yeah. could have at least tried it. It might it might have crashed and burned because people would refuse to go watch the leagues over there. But at the same time, people want to watch their pros and want to watch these these events, you know, and stuff like that. So um, it would have been interesting to see. But in the end, like you're saying, you know, back to just the, what we were talking about. I went side on the, I went to the side there a little bit with with the mixer talk, but um, it is going to be huge. I think it's smart for them, like you said, to market the tiles and really start to put. You know, now they can push it all through uh, the Xbox apps and the consoles and all that stuff, and just really start to brand that they have all these leagues under one, ma- you know, uh, major umbrella, and that'll be cool. That I think that'll draw you know you're you're able to reach your competitive scene and find you know the next generation of game of competitive players and all that type of stuff but at the same time um i think the increase in just people playing your game and stuff because of it too is is a huge is a huge push for them and all of that gets to be controlled by them now which 
far as marketing and messaging, like as long as they do it right, then it's a win-win-win for them. And but we can, and then we can spin that angle and look at it and go, yeah, but from a consumer side point, like, you know, is it good for us from a competitive scene where it's like, well, if we if if you don't like what Halo Championship Series is doing, and they decide to take it and, and use it as a blueprint for everything else, does it you know does it ruin your experience because now they control all of that? You know, so I think that plays a little bit into me what we can move into next here and Super Lars can start us off is the concerns about this purchase with with the uh, health of the gaming industry. Sure, and I don't think, um, you know, I don't think that this is definitely going to like destroy gaming, right? This there, There's certainly enough to go around of other franchises and things like that, but it does put a lot of things under the Microsoft banner. It makes Microsoft a, a powerhouse in mobile gaming, right? Candy Crush is huge. Right. Um, it makes them really a powerhouse in like traditional PC gaming. You got all, you know, Warcraft and Starcraft and all the Blizzard games, right? And then when it comes to console gaming, you have the best-selling games year in and year out, Call of Duty, under your banner. So the concern really ultimately is, you know, Microsoft hasn't traditionally done a very good job when they're the market leader in things. If you look at Internet Explorer, um, Windows in general, um, usually there's there's a huge down spiral there. And then eventually enough to hurt their bottom line where they start to pick it back up and come back. So. Um, hopefully, Phil Spencer can keep the magic going and um, keep enough control over things that they they don't have a huge fall off here in quality. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's you know obviously we've seen you know Bethesda move into this role. We're watching the evolution of. Zenimax products, you know, including Bethesda, ID, uh, and others, um, within the Xbox or within the Microsoft uh, world now, and so some of it, you know, we watched where it still had dual dual um, platform releases, but now we're starting to see some of it locked down to the Xbox PC exclusives, like Starfield, for example. Um, you know, then that's the next question is what does that mean for this purchase with Activision? And though it hasn't been officially confirmed, um, but there has been some talk out there that some of the Activision franchises will remain available to other platforms. And, I, you know, but they, what does that mean? We don't, you know, we don't know. Like, it would make sense the game like Call of Duty probably just is is out there for everything because, you know, when you say it's your number one game year over year recently, it's because it's available on everything. You know, you lock it down to just your environment and your, you know, your the amount of systems that are that can play it are, are reduced. So, I don't know. To me, I'm not. You know, they haven't come out and, and said it for sure, but I do believe that this is going to be a very interesting decision for Xbox as far as how they're going to handle it. You know, we already know that everything's going to be playable on Xbox and PC because that's that's the way they want to be. But what does it mean for PlayStation? What, is it, what does it mean for Nintendo? 
and um you know even things like um some of these games exist on say stadia and steam and you know some some of this stuff is is on pc but is it going to fall off of the you know these other platforms like steam or epic store or um uh luna and and stadia there is an official go ahead go ahead lars yeah there is an official um release today from sony that said that they expect microsoft to honor uh pre-existing contracts same thing with um the Zenimax. and then i think it was phil spencer himself tweeted out that they are they will and and so when it comes to things like call of duty i think there was a contract in place where um the lead marketing platform is playstation right now and has been for a bit and i think is for a bit in the future so i would expect while that contract exists for call of duty to be multi-platform um warzone as a free-to-play type game really probably to be successful needs to be multi-platform uh when you look at call of duty sales it's about two to one from sony to xbox so um how many of those people move over to xbox if it's exclusive Probably a lot because, as, as Butterboy said earlier, there's a lot of people who only play Call of Duty and buy, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation, buy their console to play Call of Duty. I know these people. I have friends that do that. So um be interesting to see uh, when this becomes official, how they handle it. I would expect other games, uh, you know, smaller franchises, things like Crash Bandicoot or Spyro to potentially be Xbox exclusive, things like Tony Hawk to be Xbox exclusive. So so I, I do have an updated quote here. Uh, this was from an update article, RespawnStation.com. I uh, don't know a lot about the prior. They, they claim this is a fill quote. I uh, had a good call uh, this week with the leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard, and our desire is to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. So again, it it is still you know Phil talking that doesn't he didn't say it's not it's absolutely never leaving or anything like that, but he you know did sort of double down on the importance of the the PlayStation brand and its association with selling copies of Call of Duty. So it, to me, business sense, it, it would be logical to keep Call of Duty there because something that we're forgetting about is not just like selling copies of the game, but Lar- you know, Lars brought up, yeah, you got to keep Warzone on there, you know, keep that money coming in. Well, there's microtransactions in the regular uh, Call of Duty as well. And by just knocking out an entire uh, ecosystem of potential microtransactions, that's leaving a lot of money on the table. And I don't know, I, I saw a figure today that I don't know if we want to dive into or not, but someone ran like loose math saying that absolutely, uh, you know, if you converted, you know, this many Call of Duty players to Game Pass subscribers, it would easily outperform the amount of money that Call of Duty brought in. Like, I don't know. I was reading the math and I was like, I, I had a hard time buying into it, but I do have that and I will share that in our Discord to you know, see if anyone has opinions yeah. on it. Um, because it, it is an interesting thought. Uh, you know, in the future, after all contracts and all agreements are up, Financially, would it be like Xbox? Like, hey, if we could get another, if we can convert uh, 15% or whatever of the Call of Duty player base over to our platform, well, 
that's that's enough to make it financially viable to do. And also, how far off are we from Xbox saying, and here is a $79 streaming stick you can plug into your TV? Like Phil said, that'd be something that they'd like to do in the future. That would eliminate the need because you could easily have a Call of Duty machine in everyone's house. Again, that's speculative. That's far in the future, but... Well, and I got two points to add on to this. You know, first of all, with the talk about Warzone, the talk about Call of Duty, like the one thing you have to under, you have to also remember currently the way the game is developed and designed is that you play Call of Duty to advance certain things that you're going to use in Warzone. Like example, your gun loadouts and the availabilities of attachments and everything for those weapons. People play standard Call of Duty multiplayer and stuff like that to to advance those along so that they can properly have the loadouts that they want within Warzone. So you're talking about you're going to have, you know, if you didn't go that route, you're changing what has been the staple of how this game works for quite some time. I mean, since since their battle royale existed, let's just say. So, um, you know, with that being said, I mean, yeah, you could change that. But but my my other point to be made here is, you know, Microsoft made a purchase for a company a, a while back now. Uh, because it it is one of the all-time most, you know, money-making games ever, and it's called Minecraft. And you can play that thing yeah. everywhere. Everywhere. So, like, the whole point that, I, that w- with something like Call of Duty, which is now your current top game, you know, year over year, um, you know, and is on that list with Minecraft and others is why wouldn't you just let people have it? Because guess what? If I have a PlayStation and I buy Call of Duty, that Microsoft makes money off of me. Like, it's that idea that Microsoft, you know, we talked about this back in the day when they said play anywhere. Microsoft doesn't care where you play games. They just want to own them all, so that way they still make money even when you play on a Sony product. Even when you play on a Nintendo product, they're, 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 make, they're getting their cut. And every Call of Duty sale means they're getting their cut. So if Call of Duty is the number one sold game on the PlayStation 5, guess what that means for Microsoft? They won. Like, that, it's bottom line. That's how it works. So they're, they've been building this out for years, and we've been talking about xCloud and Game Pass and all these services that they're building up because, yes, they're always, I don't want to say always, they're fine with making a box, for their hardcore fans like me, like like everybody actually on this podcast right now, we all own a Series X and we all like our Series X. But they're also already t- today. It's not future, but currently they're already saying you can play Xbox it, on anything. You can play it. You can beam it to your damn phone now through game through Game Pass and and they don't call it X Cloud anymore, but it's just tied into Game Pass Ultimate. So like, you know. As far as I'm concerned is, yeah, they're going to give their, their, they're one of those companies that recognize their extreme hardcore fans, but they're also playing to the casuals and giving them many of options. And like you said, one day that little USB stick is going to show up and, and you're, or you're going to buy every TV you're going to buy from Samsung or whoever is going to have the Xbox app pre-installed on it or whatever. And, you know, it's just going, that's, that's the road we're going down where you're, you know, and as much as we make fun of Stadia and we make fun of you know Luna and everything, you, I guarantee you Xbox is paying attention to all of that because one day they would love to be able to sell you an Xbox controller for fifty bucks and say, "Hop on your, turn your TV on, and you're ready to go." You know, and so, um, 
I don't see I don't see Call of Duty ever going exclusive. It doesn't make doesn't make any sense uh, from a business standpoint. I think you you take you know it's the same idea. It's not the same idea as Bethesda. Bethesda is different, but it's that idea that like you take some of your your Tony your your more I don't want they're not even obscure, but your lesser be titles. There, yeah, and those can be exclusive for sure. But games like Call of Duty and Overwatch, um, they don't make with with the concept that you have an esports league that you have this just this global exposure across so many products already. It doesn't make sense to to like focus it down and limit. Uh, because I don't care what you convert over to Game Pass or over to Xbox or over to whatever, like you're still you're still going against your your business statement from years ago that is play anywhere, you know, and and these deals you're making, the deals that you're making on the side with Nintendo over this last couple of years, you know, the deals that you've made with every known platform known to God around Minecraft. You know things like that. It just, it just to me tells me that like you wanted to own this, you wanted it to be an in home, an in house studio, and you're gonna make money off of everybody at this point. That's what Microsoft does. Yeah, they bought Mixer. I mean, I, you guys have heard me complain. You, you've heard me say this time and time again. They bought Mixer for the technology. When Mixer failed, they said, "Well, we got what we wanted out of it." It's integrated into Teams, you know, Microsoft Teams. It's integrated into so, you know, multiple aspects of their products from their business world. They bought the tech. And that's what they're doing to Activision. You know, in 10 years, will we see the word Activision? Maybe not, because the CEO will be gone, Phil will be under control, and they might just call it Microsoft Studios, and Activision's gone. And because, let's be honest, they paid $70 billion for Call of Duty, Overwatch, Diablo, World of Warcraft, and Candy Crush. And everything else underneath it is just bonus. So, you know, like, that's what they do. <laughs> like it or not, they buy tech, they buy IPs, they absorb it into the, the, the Goliath of Microsoft, and whatever they decide to do with it, is, is, that's it, you know? So, um, you know, we'll see. Like, like the, the Overwatch League hasn't, from what I, from, and I haven't been following it recently because it, because it was getting so bad, um, you know, Maybe it won't be a league, you know, and it's that, that type of thing where Microsoft's going to look at the logistics side of it and say, cut that, cut this, cut that, and then keep the other, you know, the other stuff and let's move on. So we'll, that, that'll, that we'll see how that all goes. But I think, um, I think that leads to great possibilities for Xbox. They're now number three. Number one is Sony. Number two is Tencent. And number three is now Xbox. So, it's a good move for them, but on the negative side is, you know, they've they've absorbed not only Activision, not only Blizzard, but every developer within those two umbrellas. Because that's the thing we're talking about: Activision, Blizzard. We're not breaking down all the developers that exist underneath that umbrella, which is many. I don't even have a number in front of me. You know, but yeah, it's like sixteen is my guess. Yeah, give or take a couple. Right, uh, so. I did see a graphic of that this week, and it's it's roughly sixteen studios. I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, so I mean yeah, it, that that's that that plays into the card of super liars where where you know you it, it's the same idea when we were watching Nintendo, um, PlayStation, and Sega duke it out, and when we watch Sega kind of fold up and close, 
that was the big that was one of the big three at the time that we were watching walk away from it and that was that's not it wasn't good that's not that's not a good thing so watching 16 developers go underneath one umbrella is not necessarily a good thing uh from a just consumer uh level period i mean period it's just not it's not the not a great way to go so we'll see what that means in the grand scheme of things in the flip side of that though is how many of those studios are really like killing it right now right um true i think infinity ward raven and treyarch all the call of duty studios are all obviously producing one high selling game every three years essentially and raven's working on um warzone which is regardless of the problems with warzone right now is still one of the highest played games across all of gaming right from a from a gameplay perspective so right um, and, and maybe big... this new ownership actually you know all, all these complaints coming out maybe they start to listen too you never know sure and we'll see what you know other smaller i mean they got demonware uh toys for bob which toys for bob has pr- been producing all of the uh basically the remakes for all the ps1 games um things like tony hawk and spyro and, right. and games like that so and crash so, you know, we'll see how they all go and, and what direction they get moving forward. Uh, you know, I don't think there was a ton of direction for some of those companies as it is right now, right? So in a year when this deal closes, we'll see. You know, maybe they have some better direction. Maybe there is some some companies, some of these developers get merged or shed or, um, you know, we'll see where that, that business goes because... There's a lot here. There's, a, I mean, $70 billion is a lot of money. And Microsoft, you've said before, um, you know, Xbox is kind of a plaything for Microsoft as a, you know, as a multi-trillion dollar Yeah, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's the play anymore, though. Right. $70 billion, I don't care how much your company's worth. $70 yeah. billion is a lot of money, man. Well, when they came out, um, when they came out with this news, they, they changed, I mean... The toy, the concept of like Xbox several years ago was when you looked at it was a joke. Since then, you know the the restructuring of the of Microsoft as an organization to then grant gaming its own wing. Okay, Xbox and the gaming wing used to be underneath like I forgot what it was. It was it was underneath another wing. It was like uh, Phil Spencer didn't even report to. The head of Microsoft, it went through, you know, he had to go through like one or two other layers of in business since like, I think it was maybe a year or two, maybe a year, maybe two years ago, they, they restructured Microsoft as a whole. And Phil Spencer is now at the, at the big boy table, sitting right there, reporting directly to the CEO of Microsoft. And so that tells me right there at that moment, they started to take gaming more serious. And then when they came out with this announcement for 70 billion, they literally said in their press statement that they, they have recognized that the Xbox brand is their most popular, most profitable entertainment piece of their company. And, you know, they have other things and, you know, in their, in their overall Microsoft world that are considered entertainment. They're, they're, they are now giving that crown and recognizing Xbox as that, as the top, you know, top tier for that. So, that you know that's why you throw 70 billion at it 
you know, and at the, and my last comment about about the developers too. The one thing I you know on the positive side of things that we could see is you've brought in some big big you know really skilled developers that you just you just named off a good amount of them that what could you know yeah they work on Call of Duty and they work on Overwatch now and they work on Diablo but what could they work on down the road you know exactly. what what groups could jump on the perfect dark project what groups could jump on the fable project what, you know like things like that that and i just named those two cuz i know they're in they're in you know development right now but like there's a lot of outside of the activision now these 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 people don't have to necessarily work on activision titles only they now get access to gears of war halo fable forza all like they're all they're all together now so when you know when that cross that cross uh development and work starts to happen we we've, we've seen it with the likes of uh pubg working with the develop working with rare and the developers of sea you know well they are the developers of sea of thieves you know just off of their off the water mechanics and things like that where you know you start to see that cross collaboration start to happen and no matter how big activision is when you add in the resources of microsoft to your to your team that uh instantly means you're capable of doing more so you know now do you utilize it is the question Think about how far Xbox has come over the past eight years, right? Xbox 360 kind of, you know, was flying high and then fell off. Mm -hmm. um, Xbox One launched was was a disaster, and, and yep. there's plenty of reputable sources that say that Microsoft almost just canceled the whole Xbox project <laughs> at that point, and then, right. um, you know, Phil kind of took over at that point, and and they gave it one one last chance, and now they're acquiring other companies for 70 billion dollars yeah so, well now they're number um, three in the world i mean that's right that's, and that's that's something that's that you, a nod to fill right yeah that's that's a yeah it is you're right that's a per perfectly said it is a huge he's, nod to fill he's changed the culture he's made it a very successful future forward business where um maybe they're number three right now but with things like game pass you have sony kind of Maybe you know rumors are struggling to to put together a, a, a direct competitor. Um, how long before we see Game Pass on PlayStation, right? Whether it's just streaming <laughs> or whether you can right. download the games. Like we're talking by the end of this generation, I think it went from something that wasn't going to happen to I wouldn't be surprised if game passes on playstation next year like we're at that point now yeah it's just crazy to think about how how much this has changed well i think it's a big um, one too that it wouldn't be that hard with what they've shown with uh with you know um with their cloud capabilities and game pass and all that stuff the the switch would be such a primo device to be able to access that type of library without without needing to have the horsepower right and, and, we've right. Seen, and that would be huge and, and think about how i mean it's kind of started last generation with the ps4 and xbox one ps5 and uh, the series consoles are all similar architecture right they both run amd gpus they yep. both um run the same kinds of processors right cpus so even Porting some of the Microsoft exclusive games to run native on PlayStation wouldn't be, I don't think, that huge of a task. So, you know, from a PlayStation perspective, it might even be 
more than just streaming. You could easily, I mean, many of the games on there are already third party, right? They're already there's PlayStation versions of them, but things that are currently Xbox exclusive. I mean, you could this you'd be playing Halo on PlayStation. Like, how wild would that be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's not far. Like, like you said, I mean, you go back five years and we talk about this type of stuff, and we would joke about like Mario on a PlayStation, and we would laugh. But like, and, and that one still is, you know. But but if you would have told me, you know, a few years, a few back when we started this podcast. If you would have told me that I could play some Mario games on my phone, I would have laughed at you, you know. So like, but here we are; we're already there. If you would, you know. So, but you can play Halo on your phone. Who would have thunk that? Right? right. Yeah. So I mean, the possibilities of this definitely. I mean, we've seen Xbox time and time again sit there and say that they want to be, um, you know, they want to open, tear down the walls of cross-play and things like that, and, and really start to build out this this shared world. And you know, by owning the franchises, you can allow someone to play your video game wherever you want and still and still be profitable. Which, in the bottom line, for them is what matters, right? They got to sit there and make money so they so that the company can be happy and continue to grow and become this thing that controls the entire world one day and become Skynet. But like in the grand scheme of it, like that's what it comes down to. You know, you, if are you profitable and happy, and and because of it, you're you're moving forward and you're continuing to make more games and stuff like that then you know you don't necessarily care where the software is being played at that point and so and sure. and, and we're at that point now where where uh, an exclusive piece of hardware isn't 100% necessary to play the games you know it was different 10 15 years ago when you know it, it really did rely on that you know that piece of hardware that you had to buy and then that so then because because they had to manufacture that piece of hardware they wanted people to buy the software for that piece of hardware and drive it all around that well you know that's not we're we're seeing that that's not the thing anymore you know the hardcore gamers that still want a console here you go you still have one because because we we care about you but in all reality you can play games anywhere and I mean, think of all of the hardware issues that Microsoft has had over the years from, you know, going back to the the Zunes, the phones, everything <laughs> that they've done that just yep. didn't work out for them. They have this video game box, right? Whether, you know, the Xbox 360 sold like gangbusters, 80, I think 80 million plus. Um, Xbox One, a lot of people consider... A failure basically but i mean we're over 50 million probably of that like to think that a, a console could sell 50 million units and be a failure the super nintendo didn't sell 50 million units you know what i mean right so um and the, you know the series x along with the other you know the ps5 right now you can't find them anywhere over a year later there's obviously extenuating circumstances but um even if there wasn't, they're still selling. They're moving a lot of these things. So Microsoft has, a, I think, a very successful piece of hardware in addition to the fact that they are able to um, really put their, their stamp on the services aspect, which is another thing where they, you know, they sell the OneDrive, they sell the subscriptions to um, Office and all these other things, Windows, obviously. And now they have this gaming Azure. aspect. I mean, right. like PlayStation's back end is built off of Microsoft's cloud sure. system. So, I mean, again, um, there there you go. And and so you just have another service here that 
as you know, they've said that they want to move more into services, right? That's something that right. they focus. But in addition to that, they also now have this hardware is also becoming very successful. And and I think, you know, the Series S, I'm pretty sure they're they're making some some money off of that. They're not selling that thing at a loss, and that's selling like gangbusters and actually has availability sometimes. Um, and you know, I, I think the Series X they're probably making some money on right now too. So um, from a hardware perspective, it's it's a good position to be in. From a software perspective, this acquisition is, you know, we can't understate how big it is to have right. ownership of the biggest gaming franchise in terms of retail sales. Like, that's, that's yep. huge. When, when a company can sell a game that came out the year before and still be the top-selling game in 2021 and then release another version of that and be that be the top-selling game and, and that to kind of be looked at as, oh, this is selling less or slower in sales and it's still the number one selling game of the year i mean it's it's wild from a microsoft perspective 70 billion dollars is a lot of money and they got to sell a lot of call of duty to get that money yeah you know no. to make that money work for them but like you said it's more about um you get some systems here you get some ip you get um, a couple game engines out of it there there's things that you can do here that you get ownership of that can really make a difference both in gaming and potentially in other aspects of the Microsoft behemoth. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, everybody, we've uh, we've spent our time. We've we've laid down our case. The the positives, the negatives, our our you know, hopes and hopes and fears of this whole uh, purchase of Xbox, Microsoft purchasing Activision for sixty eight point seven billion dollars. Uh, before I wrap this up, I'll just go around the table one last time. Is there any closing comments you'd like to make, Butterboy? Yeah, I um, I want to know if Sony is going to retaliate. If there is going to be some sort of acquisition by Sony, and my if I had to make a guess, I'm going to say Sega because Sony could afford Sega, um, and. I'm seeing if you look at what Microsoft has done, they have locked down Western gaming. Like, yeah. if you look at games that are popular here in the West, Sony still has the advantage of having so much strength uh, in Japanese gaming and gaming that's popular outside of North America. And uh, I don't know, I could see them maybe making a play for Sega to continue because Sega has a long legacy of uh, Japanese style games. Yeah, and and I think obviously there's we're we're pretty close, you know, around the corner from Sony making some announcements as we talked about last week with the removal of PlayStation Now cards. They're gearing up for something, so either this was a big blow to them, or or this was something that Microsoft, you know, saw something coming and wanted to try to try to even the odds. So you know, it, it's just a matter of time until we see what what Sony has to. Uh, to talk about because because the bottom line is it was a while ago now that we heard the investment that that sony made into the azure uh cloud systems and, and into this microsoft back-end system and but we don't know why and, and all it can lead to is major overhaul of a lot of things on the back end that's going to eventually lead to something coming out to the consumer side and i think we're getting really close to that and People are kind of just squaring up and getting ready to, you know, we used to call it the console wars. This, this is the, this is what I think we're seeing now. It's not, it's, it's, it's literally a, 
a studio wars it's it's the what i own today you know ip wise uh, you know as far as as this goes and it's become more like you know when you start to look at like warner brothers and and disney and these other you know these you know comcast these major companies that own like the television the movie rights and all this stuff and even some of them have game divisions you know but but their battle has always been you know we talk about Spider-Man right now and the fight between Sony and Marvel every time that we try to get these things to work you know across these two companies um this is what this is what gaming's turning into it, you know it's not the console war anymore it's it's literally this and we're start, we're we're seeing a very public side that is Microsoft and now Sony's either going to need to answer because they have been more reserved they have been quieter you know over the years and I just don't think that's going to work for them this time around. They have to come out swinging. Think about the analogy you just made, though, with Spider-Man, right? Sony kind of realized it was in their best interest to play ball with Disney mm-hmm. and just make a ton of money doing it. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see that go again with Game Pass. So, um, But my final thought here is... Uh, 25 million Game Pass subscribers right now. If at $15 a month, which I know I'm not paying $15 a month. I don't know about you guys. Um, no, I am not. But at $15 a month, you know, you're looking at about 16 years with their current Game Pass subscription service to pay off this deal with Game Pass subs. So um, that's just to put it in perspective of how much money they put into this and how much Microsoft has to be in a position where they really believe in the xbox brand right now yeah no absolutely this is a long-term investment is what it's looking like all right well guys that's those are our thoughts on it we'd love to hear what you have to say about this topic join the discord today hop on over to the games podcast channel and let's talk some more about xbox taking uh purchasing activision this has been episode 362 of the Games Love Podcast brought to you by our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to our supporters. Patreon.com slash Media. Go over there, start your patronage today and support your favorite gaming podcast, us. Lars, thanks for being here with us. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. It's it's great to finally be here in the Games Love Studios. I've heard so much about it. Um, just a Facious. pleasure to finally be here. Facious. Yeah, we really yeah, appreciate absolutely. you being on the show. And uh, I can officially say now that I didn't record the entire episode. Uh, we just faked it all for you. And then after you get off, we'll, Butterboy and I will actually record the real show. But uh, everybody, thanks for hanging out on the episode. Appreciate you all. Is it, is it Dino or Dino? It's, I'm it's always confused. Yeah, no, it, it's both, I think, at this point. All right. At this point, I think it's both. <laughs> he's, he's very, very much like the dinosaur from the Flintstones. Yeah. That's how I write Dino. D-I-N-O. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand it, but I've just I've just owned it. I've leaned into it. So there we go. But thanks again, everybody, for tuning into episode 362 of the Games Little Podcast. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game on. Game on. <laughs>